Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape, then we're the pod. Get the pod! Hey guys, welcome back to Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm watching so much Clone Wars that I can't even remember the name of my, my own show. Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. We're going to be chatting about Star Wars The Clone Wars episodes uh, 414 through 418. So that's numbers 80 through 84 on our chronological list. And if you've never tuned into the show before, welcome here. We're going through Star Wars The Clone Wars in chronological order in these Clone Wars Talk Part series. And uh, we are over the hump. We're, we're over halfway done. So... Let's chat about the next episodes on our list. Another happy landing. That theme never gets old. Welcome back, Diego. Clone Wars Talk, part episode 24. Good to be back, buddy. Always good to have you back. You're the only guy to do Clone Wars with. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a, uh, what a long list of episodes we have today. Oh, man, so many. There's, uh, I mean, we went through five here, which is pretty crazy. We got through a four, well, we got through a solo uh, one one shot, and then we, we got through a, a four-part episode arc here where uh, Obi-Wan goes undercover, and we're going to be talking about all of that today. So um, I don't have any featurettes from Dave Filoni on these ones, at least that I could find, but let's uh do, how about we kick it off with a friend in need episode 414 uh which is number 80 on the chronological uh clone wars list so what's the cookie for this all right so uh it's friendships show us who we really are and so primary episode about ahsoka tano yeah um I don't have a whole lot on this one, but um, mm-hmm. I would say that, like, uh, you know, <clears throat> this this episode, like, <clears throat> we're we're nearly we're getting close to the end of season four, I'm assuming. And at this point, like, you all you guys know, like, I I did not like Ahsoka at the beginning, but like, my view on her has changed a lot, and it seems to me that every episode that's kind of like points the 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 you know puts the the spotlight on uh <clears throat> on ahsoka she, it, they just really make her shine more and more so mm-hmm. just the character development uh with that specific character like it's it's crazy because um we were even talking about it in the episode like uh she has this really crazy uh it's like a four-way decapitation kind of thing which is oh man it's one of the best shots in the entire show i would say so <laughs> like easily like in this 
entire show in its entirety so far that is one of the coolest moves for sure this is uh ashley Eckstein's favorite favorite scene in in the whole show as well oh yeah yeah who voices uh ahsoka tana right right so yeah it's it's pretty cool like i really i really love it like like it's because because we were talking about it briefly like when we're watching it like um ahsoka's one of these people and we've talked about it before that she's like this um she's this very kind of near pure perfect jedi in a way that she's got this viciousness about her when she needs to be but she's also got this very compassionate and caring side about her um as well as kind of the inherited traits that she's had from anakin about you know caring about her friends and stuff like that and in this case lux Bonteri kind of re-enters the picture and there's this uh peace treaty going on between the separatists and republic trying to work things out of course it falls apart um and the focus kind of diverts away from all the stuff that we've seen before and kind of puts the focus on Ahsoka just helping out a friend. And um, because, you know, Lux being a friend that she's made uh, in the Heroes on Both Sides episode, uh, we kind of saw that she uh, she and him, uh, I think, cared for each other just a little bit. And uh, you can kind of tell that there's like, there might be this like kind of unrecognized young love sort of situation going on between them Mm -hmm. would you say yeah i it's very i wouldn't compare it to anakin and uh padme because just just in terms of like those two in particular padme and anakin like they're with each other a lot more than we see ahsoka and this this guy um yep but uh yeah i mean it's almost like it's almost like every time that they run into each other, uh, they they've got like something going on. Um, they actually, uh, they kiss in this episode, uh, and that kind of yeah. leaves a mark on Ahsoka. That's kind of like, ooh, I kind of like that or whatever. But um, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like she's yeah. she's very, uh, you know, she's she's very. She's definitely growing up. Yeah, she's growing up, and she she's kind of like. I would say this episode kind of made it clear to me that she's like, she's very good. She has her moments where she's meditating and she thinks her thoughts out very much how uh, Obi-Wan does. Like he thinks he's, he doesn't just kind of like go balls to the wall like Anakin does and just freestyle a lot of the things he does. You know, Obi-Wan is much more calm, collected. He thinks about what he's doing. And Ahsoka is very much like that. But we were saying again when we were watching the episode that, you know, she's very much uh, the best of everyone. Like she's she's learned some things from Mace, from Plo Koon, Yoda, Anakin, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So she's got all these great influences, uh, you know, to her advantage. And she does exactly that. She uses everyone's skills uh, and, and, and adopts the best traits from everyone. And she's just an all-around good person. Uh, you know apprentice Mm -hmm. right so yeah so yeah yeah totally yeah um there was a cool moment in this episode that uh reminded me of toy story which was uh when r2 is fixing all those droids up that are that have been mistreated and kind of used for game right Uh uh by by the death watch and um r2 is fixing them all up and it kind of reminded me of of just the way that all the toys are treated in Sid's uh, Sid's room, right? He's mistreated, kind of uh, disjointed droids pieced together with different toys and kind of, you know, these weird, creepy hybrid things. 
and uh, and then uh, you know and then they all end up working together to to fight off uh, you know the kid, which is in this case the the Death Watch. So uh-huh. it was it was a very similar kind of like they gave R two D two just the story of Buzz and Woody and Sid's uh, Sid's nightmarish room, uh-huh. but I thought that was kind of kind of cool and always great to see R two back, of course. Uh-huh. But um, reach for yeah, the just, sky. Reach for the sky. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. I don't know about you, but Toy Story is one of my most beloved films of all time. I do love Toy Story a lot. I've only, I've, uh, fun fact, I've actually never seen three or four. I've only seen one and two. But uh, Toy Story 1 came out uh, the year that we were born. Yeah. And uh, Toy Story 2 was, I, I believe, it was one of the first films that I ever saw in a movie theater. And I think it was, uh, it was actually, uh, shortly after our movie theater kind of opened in our local area. But, uh, but yeah, like I remember seeing it on the big screen for the first time and how it opens up with like Buzz Lightyear flying through space. And it turns out to be that video game that Rex is playing, but man, it felt so cool. And, and, and at the time I'd already like, I think I'd maybe seen Empire Strikes Back or something like that. But anyway, there's, there's that Star Wars reference in the beginning when, when Buzz is in the video game. Uh Right. And, and so like, there's, there's always been this connection between Toy Story and Star Wars a, a little bit. Uh, with with the whole Buzz and Zerg father son relationship, uh-huh. the spaceman thing, uh-huh. um, the, uh, Pixar of course was a offshoot of Lucas Lucas Arts uh, Lucasfilm Animation. It was like an experimental division developed by uh, made by George Lucas uh, as part of the company to experiment with this kind of stuff, uh-huh. and then it ended up getting sold off to Steve Jobs. Uh, who was a brief owner for a short amount of time before it got sold to Disney. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, things kind of spin around the carousel because, of course, now Lucasfilm is also owned by Disney. Um, master company owns everything these days. But, um, yeah, I'm uh, just getting a little off topic now. But anyway, so um, the Death Watch in this episode, I think one of the biggest things to point out is that they're definitely like, they're definitely painted to be out like more uh as like this literally this group of terrorists uh-huh. like because like they came to this peaceful planet that reminded me a bit of like maybe japan in the winter or something like that uh-huh. and uh there's all those uh secure or sec- was a secure tree or whatever those, those cherry blossom trees yeah. i don't know whatever they're called yeah and uh anyway these like peaceful kind of monkish kind of people live there and they basically just took all their women and like made them into slaves and you know freaking like set up camp and didn't care about the the people that lived there before them any of that stuff and then here comes ahsoka being like this person who's like trying to hide her true self uh trying not to use her abilities around the death watch or anything like that because uh she's got mixed up in this thing with lux and uh and eventually like when they start burning up this village like the death watch that is she has to do something, you know, like people are dying and she's a Jedi, right? Like, how could she just stand by and watch? So there's this very interesting moment for her as far as maturity goes. Like we've seen her moments throughout the show kind of act on these different things. But now we get to see her truly make like a life and death decision in a way in a way that affects other people as well. Like, um, like does she kind of risk her own safety and ide- and and secrecy and identity to save the life of uh, somebody that she doesn't know uh-huh. or uh does she kind of keep quiet and she can get out of this alive right uh-huh. totally so um yeah i mean we we get to see the the death watch back and uh pre vizsla um interestingly enough the last time we see him it's been quite a while at this point in the show um but uh 
you know, he had a, he had a blonde hair last time we saw him. Now, yeah, now he he's completely blonde. blonde. And he's got a scar on his face. He's got a scar. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's totally different. Um, and, uh, you know, he still has the, uh, the dark saber, which is actually pretty sweet. Um, Ahsoka and, and previously they actually have a little, uh, they have a little, um, session mm-hmm. session at the end of the episode which was pretty sweet ahsoka holds her own very well nowadays yeah she's i was just gonna say that like she's very um you know she she doesn't need to be like side by side with anakin uh most no. most of the time any anyways but like you know what you know what it reminds me of now she is at the point in her apprenticeship slash age that i believe anakin was well, I think he, she's actually slightly younger than Anakin was in episode two now at this point, but but she's at the the skill level of Anakin from Attack of the Clones, I would say. Yeah. Um, if not, maybe even like slightly, uh, slightly more experienced as well, like just slightly. But but because like she she's able to hold her own extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we haven't exactly seen her go up against Duke or anything like that, but you know she's been able to hold her own against Ventress. Uh, against uh, now you know pre Vizsla, uh, she's gone through a ton of stuff and and like yeah like like she's she's awesome like she's she's really rocking and but yeah definitely like in the position that Anakin was in Attack of the Clones where she's able to kind of go off and do her own thing just like how Obi Wan sends Anakin to go off protect Padme and I'm gonna investigate this thing right mm-hmm. um like ahsoka's in the position where she's being sent off to do this or do that like anakin's sending her off to do these different things uh we see that in the next arc as well but um and and then you know and he's doing a different job so like there's this certain level of trust that they that they have and there's a certain level of maturity that she's reached she's not too far off of being a knight no uh, she's yeah and exa- that's exactly it like she's she's pulling her own weight and doing quite well at it um and she's getting close i would say to that knight status like she's still a padawan yeah. learner fair enough but she's very skilled only a couple of years later kind of kind of thing right yeah yeah exactly like in in the very near future i could see her being uh granted the the rank of knight but yeah and and it's weird because like previously to this like you'd think i mean obviously not everything comes out of combat cap- capability but mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you think about it, there was no war going on when Anakin was a Padawan. No. And as gifted as he is, there was a certain level of immaturity that he had. And I feel like war in general, it hardens you, right? Like, it hardens. And she's a kid. So, so like, when you think about it, it's not too far-fetched to say that she is kind of at that stage of being prepared uh, to, to almost accept a, a knighthood challenge because... Uh, up until this point, like, you know, she's been rapidly growing, like she's learning so much on that battlefield. And uh, it's something that prior to the Clone Wars, not a lot of Padawans had. That's right. I mean, uh, you know, you compare Ahsoka at her level versus Anakin. I mean, like Anakin was still, you know, having his hand held by Obi-Wan in practically everything, right? You know, super gifted, but, um, you know, like still he's kind of just rash rash and uh, yeah you know too too much emotion and i mean at this point in the show like he still has a lot of emotion and he still kind of just flies off the handle uh very you know all the time and still freestyles and and but you Mm -hmm. know he still gets it done 
right? At this point, it's not like, oh, I'm going to freestyle and then he gets hurt or he loses a limb because he fought Dooku, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Um, but now it's, it's you know, uh, there's actually a good point I want to bring up about, uh, you know, Dooku and Anakin, but that, that's later. Um, but yeah, I mean, like uh, Anakin, like at this point, um, he's very much... Um, you know he's a lot stronger night and it's night and it's night and day and you you start to see a lot of what kind of essentially grooms him into the dark side um and you know what what eventually becomes known as pre-vader um but yeah just a comparison between the two i would say uh in terms of maturity and and growth in skill i i think it's fair to say that ahsoka is growing faster than how anakin did when he was her age yeah for sure yeah because at this point like the clone wars in its entirety is only three years long Mm -hmm. and uh like as far as star wars like timeline of events goes like the the whole war only takes place over three years yeah so like we're in season four we're just finishing season four uh we only have four more episodes to go before completely on to season five and uh and and it you know and season five of course is probably i would say the last kind of year ish of the clone wars Mm -hmm. um so like we're definitely two years in i would say like roughly yeah um but yeah like it's it's definitely like that's a rough sense of where we're at but um yeah it's just really cool to see um and definitely we'll get into that anakin stuff a little bit more but that's all i got for this one so far same here so all right let's move on to deception let's nail these out because uh we don't want to be out too late here so uh what do we got for this one uh, what's the cookie on this? So one? this one is all well. Sorry, all I almost said all welfare. All <laughs> all warfare is based on deception. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all welfare based on deception. <laughs> uh, I would say something. I would say something totally relative to that, but I'm not gonna say that oh, on here. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. Oh, welfare. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, so Moralo evolves plot to kidnap the uh, the Chancellor to kidnap Palpatine. Um, w- rumors kind of have reached the Jedi about this, and so they 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 kind of forge a plan to send Obi Wan undercover to uh to basically find out and stop this uh, this attempt right so um what kind of i don't know what what do you want to if you were to just recap this in like i don't know like 30 seconds like like how would you kind of put the plot of this episode uh so um you know there's a there's a plot to kidnap uh uh chancellor palpatine um you know, there's a couple bounty hunters that are after, you know, the, the regular gang, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka. Um, and they, they kind of like, uh, as they're kind of cruising, you know, doing their own thing in, in, in the city, uh, one of them takes a shot at uh, Obi-Wan. But interestingly enough, um, he actually lands the shot on Obi-Wan. But just before he lands the shot, we kind of see what looks like Obi-Wan sensing something as if he knows the position of the sniper and, and kind of willingly goes into it. Right. Uh, so he gets shot and he flies down um, <clears throat> a couple stories. Uh, Ahsoka finds him and then Anakin sees that, right. He gets pissed off. He goes over after the bounty hunter. Uh, the bounty hunter kind of gets away. And then Anakin, uh, 
you know, they have like a kind of like a, 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 a I guess a burial, like a funeral for Obi-Wan. It's, yeah, it's like, basically like a Jedi funeral. Like, yeah. like essentially like the idea behind this episode is that Obi-Wan, like for the first half of the episode, you, you, well, quarter of the episode, you start, you think that he's dead. Yeah. Right? Um, and it turns out he's faked his death and it's part of the whole plan. Like they've hired, uh, this guy called Rako Hardin to basically, uh, you know, kill Obi-Wan and that way they can take his place and he, he drinks some, or he gets this polyjuice potion sort of shot to make him look like Rako Hardin yeah. and, uh, they take his clothes and everything like that, pay him for the job. He's out of the picture and Rako Hardin for the remainder of the arc is just Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. So but they put that's him in kind prison, of the idea. Though. Because they switch. Yeah, they they put him. In, yeah, exactly. Like they they so be, so keeping on Anakin on the outside of this is kind of key because um, at least Obi Wan kind of later on reveals that he thinks so. Well, he also reveals in this episode as well. But um, because they want they want Anakin's reaction to kind of sell the fact that Obi Wan is dead, right? Right. And I think it was a really bad choice because this is one of the many things that we have seen that really stands out. This, this one in particular is kind of a huge standout moment, this entire arc of how the Jedi, including Obi-Wan have kind of excluded Anakin from their plans and have, have really kind of put him out of outside of the circle. They made him feel like a, like this outsider and his whole life, the guys felt like an outsider. I mean, this goes all the way up until the point where they take him onto the Jedi council, but no, 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 you're not one of us. You're not a Jedi master. Uh So it's definitely like one of the stepping stones that leads him to get just super ticked off with the Jedi. Um, and this is a big one. Like, like if your master were to fake his own death and not tell you about the plan, you know, there would be a bit of confusion there. And <laughs> at least, at least I would think I would be pretty ticked off. Like, especially if we had this brotherhood relationship going on. Yeah. It would definitely give me some sort of, uh, uh, suspicion right like what what's going on here kind of thing um but there, yeah. there was an interesting quote you know mace and yoda they have um they're 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 talking to obi-wan as they're kind of like injecting him with this serum and then making him drink this potion or whatever uh and he's transforming into this bounty hunter uh i th- believe it's yoda s- says uh killing a jedi was the best move they had um and uh it, you know like it, it's interesting because it, throughout this four part arc uh we get to see um something that doesn't really happen all that often we kind of get to see the the jedi kind of go undercover you know in disguise and and play on mm-hmm. play against the 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 bounty hunters the sith the separatists in their own game and yeah. usually it's you know well obviously all the time it's palpatine right and he's he's you know master of disguise in all ways he's on both ends of the yeah thing. this time it's the jedi pulling all the strings exactly so it's it's very interesting to see that it's very cool. It's very cool to see their interactions with other criminals and other bounty hunters when they're not a Jedi, right? Like Obi-Wan as Racco Hardin uh-huh. interacting with people like Cad Bane and such in this episode is really cool because like, you know, if he was a Jedi, like the the, the conversation would be a lot different, right? Yeah. And it would probably be a lot shorter, you know, before lightsabers could activate and blaster bolts start flying. So uh-huh. um, it is kind of cool to see those those relationships build and over over this arc we see this really interesting relationship develop between cad bane and obi-wan kenobi aka rako hardeen um that goes from kind of uh this 
you know, despise relationship to almost like uh, this civil coworker kind of relationship, you know? Yeah, but nothing, nothing past that. Like, no, nothing past that. Yeah. No. Um, there was, there's a couple, a couple quick little things I wanted to mention. Um, so, you know, we always see anytime there's a Jedi mind trick, it's always like, um, you know, uh, these are not the droids you're looking for, or something along those lines. And they, they repeat the sentence back, and they're like, oh, I will go mm-hmm. do this, you know. But uh, interestingly enough, I saw, uh, I noticed that Mace Windu, he pulls a Jedi mind trick on this one guy, and he tells <laughs> him to go to sleep, right? Uh, and, yeah. and I was expecting, as soon as he says it, he's like, you're going to go to sleep. I, I was expecting, like, I'm going to go to sleep, and then he passes out. But he says, you're going to go to sleep and the dude just passes out. So it was just kind of an interesting. I think, thing. yeah, it, I'm, I, I've always kind of looked at that. It's interesting that you brought that up because it's a very subtle kind of thing to, to talk about, but yeah, like I, I've, I've thought to myself before that it almost looks more like he's actually knocking him out when he says it. Yeah. And he says like, you, you can go to sleep now. And then, and then he's just out cold right yeah like it makes me wonder if maybe that's what they what he did or rather than like a mind trick but it could be either i have no idea it's just it is interesting though because you've never really seen that happen at all mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah like i was saying you usually uh you know you expect them to repeat it back and then they do the action or whatever um but another thing another really cool thing about this particular episode is that uh you know at this point in the episode obi-wan is he's uh, in disguise, you know, he's, he is this bounty hunter, right? Hardeen, um, Racco Hardeen. And he, he calls in to kind of report to Mace Windu and <clears throat> Master Yoda. Uh, and he calls himself Ben. He nicknames himself, mm-hmm. but he, and he's in prison. Yeah. He's in prison at this point. Yeah. He's in the Republic prison. Yes. Yeah, so he's in there with, you know, we see Boba Fett again. We see Bosk. We see, yeah. uh, you know, all the bounty hunters, Cad, Cad Bane, you know. Um, yeah. All the criminals that they've caught over the last couple seasons, like they're all kind of yeah, here. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, he calls in and Obi-Wan actually nicknames himself Ben for the first time ever. So this is like the first yeah. time we get a glimpse of what is, you know, uh, essentially going to be the the reality of the situation in A New Hope, right? You know, it's revealed mm-hmm. that he he is Obi-Wan and he hasn't heard that name in many years since the Clone War or whatever. But um you know, like it, I thought it was really cool because when I saw that I was yeah. like that's that's wicked, man. Like that It's such a cool easter egg. Like yeah. it's such a great kind of place to plant the seed as well. Mm-hmm. Like like just plant it in the clone wars because that's where that's where the turning point is for the jedi is like at the end of the clone wars is when they all die and he's got to go undercover right like for the rest of like this yeah exactly like we're only what like two and a half three years away from that moment where he's start he's got to start coming up with a new name because Uh you know kenobi is on the imperial list of of uh you know most wanted so right um, when he calls in to say, this is Ben, I was like, oh, so cool. Like, yeah. that's so good. Like, like he's undercover. It makes, it makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, actually, I, did you catch the Vader theme that played when Anakin entered that bar? Yeah. And also at the funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, at the funeral and at the bar in this episode, twice in this episode. And we got it later on as well, even more times, but, uh, just, it just kind of echoes, his anger over the situation, like over the loss of somebody that he cared about, this is Anakin who's angry. And um, and he enters the bar a very similar way to where he enters in the bar uh, two episodes later 
which I'm going to, I'm going to like kind of jump forward a little bit uh, because both of these moments are very similar, but he enters this, uh, this uh, cantina with a display of power. And, and in this one in particular, he activates the lightsaber and then he goes, where is Racco Hardeen? Right. And, um, and then, then people just answer him. And, and later on in the arc, like when, when he's on uh, Nalhada, he does the exact same thing. He enters the cantina and the first thing he does is force push the Gamorrean guards away, throws one of their axes over, almost taking somebody's head off uh-huh. and, uh, and then like shoves another one of them back or whatever. And then people are like, you know, clapping, you know, in the background and, and then he kind of goes up to the, the counter and force chokes the bartender as well. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it's like, man, like. You know, Ahsoka's not stopping him. You can see, like, she's also angry that about the whole Obi-Wan thing. But at times you do see her kind of cringe uh, at his tactics. And uh, and it, I thought it was a, it, really interesting that twice when he enters a place like this, he uses a display of power to kind of intimidate everyone in the room before he kind of has his spot at the podium right yeah and uh it's exactly what vader does vader vader is like a hundred percent about the theatrics yeah like you know rogue one he's in the hallway and like dimly lit and then boom like red lightsaber ripping them all up yeah uh we got we got um a new hope he's waiting in the hallway with his lightsaber activator for obi-wan intimidatingly you know staring at him there in episode five he's intimidatingly waiting for luke skywalker with the trap set Mm -hmm. you know uh everything is there yeah 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 exactly the force is with you young skywalker yeah but you are not a jedi yet yeah totally yeah so good so yeah it's a very in character and and i just really appreciate that part about anakin skywalker at this moment of the clone wars Mm -hmm. yeah i mean he's he's really molding i mean he's not even uh, well yeah totally he is kind of molding himself he's shaping himself into you know the reality you can see you can see how this cocky guy overconfident in his abilities and he's good Mm -hmm. right like like you can you can tell like like he's you know he's the man but but like and you can tell like the way that he's shaping up to be it's totally like man like this guy is darth vader like you know he's totally kind of becoming that guy totally yeah so um you know back back with uh with kind of the plot of this episode so they're all in prison right uh and you know uh obi-wan is is still in disguise right and uh, riot takes place as a diversion um and they all escape and then eventually um eval cad bane and uh you know uh racco hardeen which is you know aka uh obi-wan kenobi they all escape um but just before they escape there there was a cool little like force hack move that uh obi-wan oh does. yeah um they're, so they're so like picture a hallway right and they're uh they come up to this door that can only be opened a certain way of course obi-wan knows how to open it right but um mm-hmm. you know he says okay you guys check the check the corners and you know let me know if anyone's coming they're like okay we're on it as soon as they have their backs turned to him he just kind of uses the force waves his hand and then it opens the door immediately yeah it's like oh calls a diversion right and <laughs> you know I'll, I'll i'll see if i can rewire this right yeah yeah exactly yeah and uh <laughs> it's well played well yeah. played it's just it was it was cool to see that and then uh kind of uh, the, you know they escape and then eval says he wants uh, uh you know racco hardine to to join his plans 
uh, and then it, mm-hmm. it, it uh, cuts to the next episode. Yeah, Obi Wan's persistence kind of gets him in the club. So yeah, uh, next episode is uh, friends and enemies. What do we got for this? So uh, it's keep your friends close, and and I'll keep your enemies closer. Yeah, I I yeah. accidentally wrote down friends twice, so I was like, wait, what? And but yeah, it's it's keep your friends <laughs> keep your friends close and your friends close. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keep, yeah, exactly. So yeah, but uh, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a very common theme. I'd say from from friends and enemies to the end of this arc is very common. Like that specific quote because there's so many uh you know hypocrisies and backstabbing and a teamwork that shouldn't be there but it's it's so you know what i mean like it's there's so many situations that relate to that quote um mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh actually uh, you can see at this point in the arc um obi-wan is kind of struggling with some of his some of his uh you know, like the things that he has to do to try and sell his character, right? Oh, so totally. he's not happy. Like, yeah, like yeah. In the last episode, he hesitated to to kill that clone, and he was set off the alarm. And yeah. Cad Bane was like, "What's wrong with you?" Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it kind of throws off his trust of of Hardeen quite a bit, mm-hmm. which kind of shakes it up for the rest of the arc. But, uh, but yeah, like in this one, like we got it quite a bit while they're on Nalhuda. Like, you know, you could tell that Obi Wan is like struggling with kind of being a cruel guy yeah it's it's definitely not his uh not his cup of tea uh, you know so many situations where he comes to that and it's yeah like, we saw go- pablo's pawn shop he was yeah. uh kind of <laughs> yeah pablo's pawn shop named after pablo hidalgo by the way mm-hmm. story group member mm-hmm. we all love pablo he's canadian mm-hmm. Uh, but uh but yeah like like <laughs> you know you saw it there when uh when cad bane like threatened pablo with a toothpick uh, like shut up pablo we'll get our weapons elsewhere uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah he's like for your troubles you know gives him some credits and yeah uh he felt guilty yeah um but yeah i mean he's he's very much uh you know he he doesn't like to harm people especially when the unarmed if it's like a life or death thing yeah he fights you know, any, any day of the week, but if they're just innocent or like they're, they're unarmed, he's just, he's so hesitant to do it. Right. Or if it's like, there's no real necessity for him to kill him, to to kill that person. uh, He just, you know, he really tries to refrain from doing it. Uh, And almost every time he comes into this situation, like he's, he backs off. Right. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's the- it's his standards getting the better of him, even though he's undercover. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Um, so another thing that he says, uh, you know, uh, or sorry, uh, there was actually one thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, th- there's been a couple. Uh, he eventually uses the force under disguise, but like there was a part of this episode, you know, where I, I kind of wrote down like I was waiting for him to use the force as Hardeen. Um you know, and, 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 but like this kind of relates to him back to his later years because, you know, he doesn't start doing all that stuff. You know, he doesn't bring out his former self to Luke, at least until, you know, the cantina, he chops off the guy's arm. Right. Uh, you know, then we see him finally have, uh, you know, his, his most recent duel in, in, in years since episode three. Right. Um, so like, it's, it's interesting to see how, you know, he's, he's a master at this point. He's 
in disguise. He he doesn't have his lightsaber, obviously. All he's doing is just pure skill. Like he uses a force here and there, sure, but you know, as as a fighter, um, you know, just no force ability, no lightsaber. He's he can handle. He can pull his own weight. He's pretty good. Um, you know, but like it it just kind of it kind of paints a picture of what he has to be in you know in the near future for the rest of his life because he he goes what 20 some years without you know wielding his lightsaber for all i know you know Mm -hmm. you know without using the force or having a crazy mission where he has to defeat a sith or something um but yeah uh yeah yeah um Did you get? Uh, did you catch that little scene where Anakin was just chilling with Palpatine when uh, when they're having their conversation? Right, like um, of course the Jedi haven't let Palpatine in on this this plan to kind of uh, obviously he knows like Palpatine knows everything uh-huh. he knows everything but but you know the Jedi have not kind of willingly let him know of their plan to you know save his life when the assassination attempt comes. All they've told him is that hey there's a plan to assassinate you. We're going to do our best to prevent it. Right. Uh-huh. So he, they, he doesn't know the plan. So, so he's basically saying like, uh, to Anakin that he was, you know, he just gets off the, the, the hologram or whatever with Mace Windu. And, you know, he's like, Oh, well, why have you, uh, re- you know, released, uh, the bounty on the bounty hunters that were, you know, basically the ones that have the plan to kill me in the first place. Like, you know, like, like what's up with that? Uh, and, uh, and, you know, Mace is like, well, it's all part of the plan. Don't worry about it. Uh, but Anakin is, is like in the room, just sitting in the chair. It's like, oh, okay. Like he's just hanging out, you know, Anakin chilling with Palpatine. That's cool. It's not like we haven't seen that before. We've definitely seen that before. Uh-huh. Uh, seen that before in Attack of the Clones. Like, you know, like Anakin treats Palpatine as a mentor in in a lot of ways. This guy is a mentor and a friend. Mm-hmm. Right? That's exactly how how he describes him in in Attack of the Clones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or sorry, in um, Revenge of the Sith. So so like like Palpatine is a big part of Anakin's life and and I thought it was interesting that Palpatine kind of pits Anakin against Obi-Wan when, because he knows that Obi-Wan is Rack already. And he, he, he obviously, he just senses this or something like that. He just knows. And, um, and he, and he, he, he kind of thwarts the whole plan by like, you know, he knows that he shouldn't get involved, but he, he's like, well, uh, intelligence tells me that, uh, you know, the bounties were last spotted on Nal Hutta. And he kind of like waits for Anakin to kind of take initiative to be like, yeah, I'm going to go find Obi-Wan's killer and like, you know, kill this guy. Because <laughs> like he's still like so steamed about this. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, Palpatine just kind of trying to put that separation between uh, Anakin and his master. He's, 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 what we're seeing is him grooming Anakin up to be, um, you know, ripe for the plucking, basically. Right. And in a way, trying to get him to kill his master. Because keep in mind, you know, at this point, Anakin has zero idea that, you know, Obi-Wan is still alive and he's just un- in disguise right now. He's undercover. But, uh, you know, he is completely unaware of it. And, uh, you know, we're starting to see a lot more and more of Palpatine kind of having these conversations with Anakin. That's it's 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 more yeah. very much like the one we see in episode three when he tells them about this great Sith. He's killed in his sleep and all that sort of stuff. Those mm-hmm. kinds of conversations, they happen so much in the show and they're happening so much and more often now. Um 
and you know he has that kind of dark side uh kind of tone in his voice it's it's almost it's so deceiving where is you know anakin he's completely blindsided to her right it just goes right past his head because he's like he's not a sith lord he's you know he's he's just the, he's palpatine he's just the chancellor he's, yeah. he's harmless right but he's really the mastermind mastermind behind everything right um and it just completely goes over his head and and chancellor Palpatine, he, t- he takes complete advantage of it, and he just keeps feeding him these lies, all these deceptive stories that, you know, there, there's, in a, in a sense, there's some reality to it, but they're always... Yeah, right? I think that's the worst part about it, is that he uses these little truths to kind of, like, paint this bad picture. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I mean, first of all, it's a big mo- moment that the council did not put Anakin on the inside about Hardeen. Right. But, uh, but at the same time, like, you know, like that's just one thing, like there's so many other things and like, it, it's all a buildup, right? Like at the end of this arc, Anakin has a really interesting line that he says to Obi-Wan, uh, when, you know, after he finds out everything, and all that, uh, he's just like raging at him. He's like, like, you know, like, why didn't, like, why didn't I know? Right. Like he's, he's just, he's so confused. He's angry. He's angry that he wasn't on the inside, angry that he didn't know angry that he's been lied to by the council. He says, how many other lies have I been told by the council? All this sort of thing. Like this guy is like really ticked off. Like, like there's been a lot of stuff over the last couple of years and stuff that he's had to deal with. And, uh, you know, it's really starting to piss him off quite a bit that to the point where, you know, it brings us to that kind of awkward line in Revenge of the Sith, which doesn't really sound as awkward anymore once you kind of consider all this extra stuff. When Anakin says on Mustafar, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. It's like, well, we don't think that. As viewers, we don't think that. Like, as viewers, we're like, well, the guy's wrong. I mean, the Jedi are the good guys here, and, you know, you're the one making the crappy decision. But, like, when we when we watch this show, like, I can put myself in those shoes and just kind of, like, understand why Anakin feels this way and we're understanding as we watch these arcs unfold where you know constantly Anakin is getting lied to or 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 even just told truths about the uh, the council and the Jedi that that work against them in a negative way um all these things are kind of piling on top of each other as the war goes on and we're also seeing him give into his anger so much more and more and more right um yeah, there's all these things, all these th- things that are encompassed that kind of lead him to that that turning point. When we reach Revenge of the Sith, it's just an easy kind of do it, and you know, and he's sold, right? Like he's 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 one step over that line, and boom, he's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's it, you know the the blink of an eye, and he's 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 turned. But it, yeah. in that conversation, uh, you know, when he 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 tells him, you know, you have my blessing to go. Uh, kind of, you know, defy the order against the orders of the of the council to, you know, stay out of the mission kind of thing, right? Um, but, uh, you know, he, he says, you won't regret, the, Anakin says, you won't regret this, Chancellor. And then he kind of pauses and uh, Palpatine says, no, I won't. Uh, but it's funny because, you know, Palpatine knew, he knows full well what he's doing. He knows that you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, even though he hasn't been directly told to his face that, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi's in disguise, he's he's, yeah. he's playing someone else. He, he just, he knows, he can sense it. You know, he's, he's unbelievably strong. Yeah, he's had a vision or something like that. Oh, I mean, yeah. the guy, the guy has vision after vision after vision. I mean, like, I, like, especially if you include, include episode nine in that mix, like, 
just just even going through like return of the jedi like like i have foreseen it you know like he foresees everything this guy right like he foresees his death upon the death upon death yeah exactly <laughs> it's like it's kind of ridiculous actually that's one of the things i have against the one of the biggest things i got a beef with episode nine for it's like okay well like the original foresee vision that he had was was that you know luke strikes him down or whatever and and then it's him and and then it's um you know him and vader right and uh-huh. he's turned luke to the dark side and then and then he's foreseen the fact that uh that uh luke becomes his apprentice when he beats vader instead right and then so he foresees all of these things and he's like revealing his hand at every turn but the guy never runs out of cards, you know? It's like, right. man, the guy's always got one more untold vision up his sleeve until it happens. And then he's like, ah, oh, you know what? I actually had a vision about this. Yeah, but he was wrong. <laughs> he was wrong on that, of course, because, you know, like he's, he's yeah. he, you know, he's force lightning Luke. And then, you know, Vader's oh, like, all right, man. I'm over this. And then he picks him up and he throws him over the well, which is how Star Wars ends, by the way, guys. There is no <laughs> seven, eight, nine. Uh, I know, I know. know. It's like the third it's like the third thing that he foresaw as his death yeah uh which he had to make a clone for about of all things it was like come on yeah, like, uh, and yeah. i don't know you were thrown over stupid. a like, well and that's how it well yeah. it's very it's very clear like for the last 40 years he's he's like we've watched him say that he's foresaw uh you know like luke killing him or whatever and then turning into the dark side or 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 uh, him becoming his apprentice because he kills Vader and turns to the dark side. Like, like one way or another, like he foresees all these possibilities that end up not coming to fruition. Yeah. And then, and then uh, one of those many things that he sees, which I guess he's prepared for, is uh, the fact that he actually does die and needs to kind of resurrect himself in a clone body. But that's like three different like realities that that you know none of them work out in his favor (laughs) at all (laughs) so um yeah the guy like he honestly like his his prime time is definitely during this moment like during the prequels during the clone wars this is his build-up and 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 this is actually when all the stuff that he predicts is actually like kind of coming true he's got all the power he's pulling all the strings exactly he's he's the puppeteer um yeah, I mean, it, it, another thing, like, I thought it was, it was super cool throughout this entire arc. It's cool to see Obi-Wan kind of play the other side. He actually even mentions it in one of the episodes. He's like, I quite like being the bad guy. Uh, and he's, you know, it, it's cool to see him play that different side yeah. of the war, right? But at the same time, we, yet he won't inflict harm on anyone unless absolutely necessary. Um and you know still staying true to to himself so uh you know solid solid character obi-wan of, of course right um yeah uh, you know there, there's actually a scene where cad bane um eval and uh racco harding who's obi-wan they they actually come into contact with ahsoka and uh and anakin and anakin actually uh you know goes to fight against um uh, what's his nuts? Obi Wan, right? And 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 you know he tells him Anakin. Uh, what does he say? I think. Oh, don't follow me. Yeah, he says don't follow me. And then Anakin kind of clues in. He's like, oh wait, so he is alive, right? And then and then they they let him get away and stuff. And then um, it, it was it was cool to see them kind of have a little mini fight outside of Episode Three. 
Um, you know, of course, Anakin unknowing, he goes into it not knowing that, uh, you know, this is Obi-Wan, right? But still, like, uh, mm-hmm. it's still kind of cool to see that. Um, Props to Matt Lanter, by the way, for playing the voice of Anakin Skywalker in this show. Like, it's gotten to the point where he's been, he's extremely convincing. And, and when he kind of pulls off these moments where Anakin is angry or upset, uh, it really sells the character a lot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, Hating and I'm very sure we've discussed this before, but you know, so many people give they give so much flack to Hayden Christensen. But I mean, when you when you look at what I'm starting to see, and I even mentioned this to you towards the end of this arc, but like I'm gonna look at uh, the next time I see episode three, I'm gonna look at it in such a way. Like I'm still gonna see it, you know. Of course, like yeah, uh, Anakin turns to the dark side, and he's he's you know he's been told a lot of truths, but a lot of misconstrued you know misconstrued truths that you know eventually t- turn him against his own demise, right? And they <laughs> they 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 kind of in in his eyes he he's plotted to to do something he doesn't want to do but to him it's all you know because of the 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 chancellor right but um i'm going to see it in such a different way cuz this show really paints the picture as to why um you know like i was saying palpatine has so many more of these conversations where he's you know he's grooming him he's he's putting a bad yeah. influence he's putting things in his head right yeah uh, and 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 it's just it's getting to him and 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 palpatine's you know at, at, i it's I, it's extremely safe to say that he's not even trying all that hard he's just taking you know a little bit of truth and just kind of flipping it like yeah. Oh. yeah, the guys, the guy's just the devil. Yeah, like that, that's what he, that's what he's doing. And like, and and like that's that's just it, right? Like he's um, he's taking all these things that have reality to them and then making a big deal about them, or 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 saying it in such a way that kind of helps Anakin kind of see the negativity out of out of it, right? Like it's it's almost like it's almost like going to your local school and then. And then, I don't know, and then telling all the kids, like, oh, these teachers, they're just doing their job. They don't care about you. <laughs> you know, like, no, no, I'm not like, like, I don't know. I don't know. That's maybe it's a bad example, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe like there's a teacher out there that really, really doesn't care about their students. Maybe they're just doing it out of bitterness at this point in their life. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. For sure. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, basically like that's, uh, you know, like <laughs> there might be a bad example, but, but that's kind of the reality of it, right? Like, like he's actually taking these things that have this, this little bit of truth about it. And then he's making it, he's making him kind of perceive it in, at a different angle mm-hmm. uh, from a different point of view, right? Like the expression that's used throughout the original trilogy quite a bit, but, um, yeah, like he's, he's basically changing Anakin's uh, point of view on on a lot of different things and and he's working towards the ultimate goal of just like corrupting the guy right and and kind of back to the whole uh you know the character of anakin uh you know a lot of people hate on hayden but honestly like i you when i when the movie first came out especially episode two between the time that episode two and three came out i was like i love anakin he's 
he's awesome, but like his character's like ah, like uh, you know, whatever. But then as I've seen it over and over and over and over throughout the years, like and especially watching the show now, like Hayden did such a good job. You know, like a classic example is when he he goes to his knees in front of emperor palpatine at this point and he says what have i done right you can see like just uh, that particular you know like yeah. plays the character so he's well. got highlights yeah he's got highlights for sure like oh, yeah. especially a, a big standout for me is when his mother dies in attack of the clones mm-hmm. like the guy pulled off that scene so well yeah. and when he's and when he's uh telling padme about what he did right like you know the tears in his eyes and he's just yelling at her he's like i slaughtered them like you know that he slaughtered them like animals i hate them right like he's so angry and you can feel it when you watch the movie and it's so good and Mm -hmm. you know like yeah like people might not like the lovey-dovey scenes that much or or whatever but i mean the guy really nailed that character it's part i mean like part of the character of anakin it's part of the character yeah like like when he's darth like like nobody nobody as chipper as anybody can be darth vader like like that's a guy that doesn't exist like the you know darth vader is is a personality of somebody who isn't real and and when you think about it like it's like that's a really hard character to pull off i mean the guy's like in a helmet the whole time like you can't tell what he's like what he looks like like what he's thinking like how you can just all you get is this modulated voice and an angry dude walking in the room all the time. And it's like, who is that? Well, young Anakin Skywalker. Exactly. I mean, the guy's uh, this moody, angry dude who has this monotone voice, just like Vader. Uh-huh. He's got this monotone robotic voice. And it's like, I don't think there's anyone more perfect or uh, more fit to play that role than Hayden Christensen. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, you know, it's like the old saying, like, no one's born evil, right? I, I mean, it, it, evil is yeah. something that you're you're kind of molded into. It's something that you become, right? And same thing with Darth Vader. I mean, like, uh, let's just say it never happened. Anakin would still be Anakin, right? So, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Anakin would still be Anakin. That, that's exactly it. And that's the whole point of the Skywalker saga is that, Anakin is still in there somewhere. So like, I mean, the guy is not going to change absolutely everything about it, even though he's burnt to a crisp and he's wearing this medical suit and has this lung voice modulator thing. Like, right. Like, like he's not going to change the way he talks. Like that's just something that gets masked with everything else that's cloaked him now at this point. I felt it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, even if I kind of talk to you on the phone and my voice mod was like modulated in some way whatsoever, kind of the way that I speak, like the, the, the flow of my, of my talking would remain the same because it's almost like uh, it's as natural as how you pick up your cup of coffee, right? If you're left-handed or right-handed, how you, how you cross your arms, right? Like there's a, there's a way that feels unnatural to people. And you know, when someone starts speaking like how Darth Vader does, it's weird. Like, like it's really strange. And that's why Anakin feels so off at times when you're watching them in the movies, because you're like, man, like nobody talks like that. Like nobody reacts like that. Like what a stupid actor. Like, you know, like that's what people think, but like, that's, that's the reality of it. I mean, the guy is Darth Vader. Like he's just a couple of years younger and yeah. without the suit. It's like, yeah. that's exactly how he would be. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that argument, I, like, it's just, it's, it, it gets shut down for me pretty quick because it's like, man, oh, it's yeah, like, I don't, I don't buy it at all. Yeah. I think Hayden's awesome. Yeah, I do too. Like, I mean, like, he, 
like yes when it initially came out i was like eh, yeah, but you know what i mean mm-hmm. no one else could have done it quite honestly if you ask me like he, yeah it's a really tough job it is a tough job and i think he did uh he did a really good job of it um but that that's yeah. pretty much all i got for this episode so the next one coming up here is yeah. called the box and the fortune for this one is um the strong survive but the noble overcome um uh, and Mm-hmm. I would say, like again, I'm, just a tidbit, a little, a little foreshadow of what the box is about. <laughs> yeah, totally. But you know, interesting enough, it, like this um, fortune cookie and the last one really ties into Obi Wan's character because, again, you know, this. So, so the box is basically what uh, is revealed to us as a little tournament. So there's a net eleven, or yeah, eleven. Uh, bounty hunters that meet up with Dooku, right? Uh, and Dooku kind of gives them, you know, like a uh, a, t- a tournament, right? And it's kind of like yeah. if you survive, you'll be the leader of this uh, new mission, right? And you'll be p- once the mission is paid off, you'll you'll be rewarded handsomely. It's always at the end of the mission, but they never get for yeah. paid. Like it's, uh, yeah, I love yeah. that. Like, um, yeah, it's like you'll be paid later. You'll be paid later. You'll be paid later, and then no one ever gets paid exactly. for anything. Yeah. <laughs> for anything, it's all for free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all for free. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the characters finally make it to Sereno, which is where they're supposed to meet Dooku, who's who's kind of behind hiring all these guys to to pull off the job of kidnapping the chancellor right Mm -hmm. and also just a little bit of a side note is um revenge of the sith opens up with the kidnapping of the chancellor so you can tell that this plan was supposed to be pulled off and and uh as you watch this arc unfold like you're you know we're led to believe that this arc that this arc was supposed to potentially be the end of the clone war where palpatine's plan was to get kidnapped and such and such everything else comes you know goes according to plan right but uh apparently this is not the moment so so this is the first kind of attempt that all the bounty hunters have because obviously we have another couple seasons to go so you know not a not really a spoiler there to say that uh, this doesn't work out for them but uh (laughs) but uh, but yeah this is the first attempt that dooku has to kidnap the chancellor and so he's kind of behind the whole thing and uh yeah, and and I love how it opens up with how Yoda admitting that they did hide the truth from Anakin because at this point Anakin's figured it out, and uh, he tells Anakin that he's unpredictable and dangerous uh, to to some of his, to his friends and stuff like that with things that, um, yeah, with just with with stuff, right? And and so uh, you can see Anakin's kind of recognizing that, like as he as he kind of says it, and it's like, yeah, you know, I I think I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, it's like that's my master yeah totally um yeah i mean uh let's see what else do i have written down here so i mean they they kind of get the the lowdown of the of the the box you know they they get what's what's gonna go down and it's basically the only this the only the strongest survive kind of deal um but you know they basically they go through four um yeah four stages uh and Mm -hmm. you know uh of the eleven, I think uh, I think what three or four guys are killed, something like that, or actually, oh, well, like they're they're all killed except for like f- uh, I want to say like four four others yeah. or five others or something. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, they're all killed, and every stage is uh, you know a test of their abilities, uh, sniper skills, you know. Um, but it's funny how 
um, you know, stage one, they have to, they, they're in this room and, you know, this poisonous gas comes up and then these kind of pillars, they rise up and they move them up into the flow of the gas, right? Because the gas rises up much like it does yeah. uh, in real life. But, um, you know, um, Hardin, uh, Racco Hardin, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, in disguise, he, he says kind of to Cad Bane, uh, who they're kind of, they kind of have like a partnership throughout this tournament, um, where it's kind of like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing, but nothing past yeah. that. Um, it kind of grows into this mutual respect. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, Obi Wan. Just every stage, he he always uh, he like in the first one, he says, "I don't think the escape is at the top of the bottom," because he sees this little cutaway that's uh, you know like a, a, a kind of an opening. He goes down to the opening, another square kind of rolls out, and then he goes down through this little little tunnel, and then everyone yeah. follows suit. They go to the next stage, and then the next day, what's the next stage? Um, oh, it was um, it was the room where they had all the the pillars with all the lasers. And oh stuff. yeah, the pillars with all the lasers. So yeah. in that one, uh, a bunch of guys are are killed in that, and then again, Obi Wan kind of reaches to the top because he tells. Yeah, he's always the leader. He's always like leading. He's always getting everyone else to survival. Exactly, but at the same time, it it really hi- I feel like this episode really highlights the 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 point I always bring up of Obi Wan. Very strategic. He always thinks things through, right? And yeah. everyone's freaking out, like, oh, you know, the, there's laser beams. There's sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their head, freaking heads, mm. and uh, you know, like, um, but as everyone else is freaking out, Obi Wan's like, okay, let's just regroup, calm down for a second, and then he finds a way. Oh, okay, well, it's actually timed. So these, these, there's a pattern. There's so if I'm, and he even says to Cat Bane, if I'm not mistaken, you know, the next one, that one's going to be next, and sure enough, that one was next. And then he, like, yeah. if we time it properly, we can get out, and eventually they get out. Um, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough thing for Obi Wan because, of course, he's refraining from using the Force. Oh yeah. So a, a lot of what we're seeing is, I mean, he's able to sense stuff, but, but like a lot of what we're seeing is his own kind of physical ability to kind of accomplish these feats, right? Oh yeah. So like when he when he jumps onto stuff and rolls around and whatever, um, he doesn't want to give anything away, and he knows that Dooku's watching, so he can't give anything away. I mean, the guy like. Like Dooku trained Obi Wan's master, exactly. right? Like, like there's this, there's this kind of indirect relationship between the two guys, and he's got to be very careful. Yeah. I, so that was one of the coolest parts about this arc, yeah. as well. And it's funny as they're going through the paces through the tournament, Dooku's kind of like keep an eye on uh, on um, on the Hardy, yeah. you know, like he's 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 impressive, but I there's something I can't trust about him, right? Um, and you know they they get to the next one, which is a pretty cool scene. A bunch of more guys die, but it's this. Uh, they're basically on this pillar that, and the walls are shrinking in, and it's uh, ray shields. And as ev- as they you know they have to get to the switch that turns off all the ray shields, but it's behind a little layer in this cutout in the wall that is actually a ray shield in itself. One of the bounty hunters, um, his blood is uh, not susceptible to the um, to the 
to the voltage of these um, oh, the poison the poison that they need to, one of them needs to take to get through the ratio exactly yeah. so that they have to take this poison and his blood is not susceptible to the side effects of it uh, and actually allows him to go through the ratio then actually turn off the switch but in the meantime of course you know a bunch of other guys are popped off because they fall or whatever um Mm -hmm. But yeah, so they they turn the switch off and then they go into the next, the final one where it's uh it's kind of like again pillars. There's a fire pit, uh, and they have to. It's it's a Val kind of pops out and he's like, let's test your guys' marksmanship, uh, and then one of the guys. It's basically like um, it, it, it's on a wall. They're they're given a sniper and they have to trace this little uh dot we'll just call it and it goes around and then they have to shoot it a couple times and once they shoot it like they can move on to the next stage or they're done whatever um but the first guy goes up he does horribly he misses and then his pillar kind of disappears and he falls into the fire pit and then they reload another gun uh, with a you know with a with a sniper right and then we yeah. won he's like oh i'll give it a try um <clears throat> and you know he of course he dominates right because he can sense where it's going so he just he he just waits shoots and anticipates but the anticipation he lands it every single time so he does it once aval and dooku or no aval says oh well uh you did it once so let's see you do it five more times and then there's two dots that he has to follow and he catches them again and then um Gets hits for them and then doesn't have uh, any more blasts to to hit the last target. So yeah. he kind of yeah, Evolve's kind of getting jealous of Hardin because of course Dooku start is starting to think that maybe he's the guy to lead the operation, right? Yeah, totally. And so he's starting he's got starting to get like kind of ticked off because he's like, great, well this is all my plan. Like I want to be the mastermind behind all this. Uh -huh. So um so yeah, so he kind of like forces his hand to make Hardin basically lose that challenge uh -huh. and uh essentially he just cheats to get his way right yeah but uh, you definitely see this kind of mutual respect between him and bane because like you were saying like as the as the platforms kind of shrink and and try to kill him like you know uh he uses his uh, like bane uses his grappling rope to kind of save obi-wan mind you who a guy who has got force abilities could have just force jumped up to the top right? oh yeah but obviously he doesn't want to do that. Like he is so driven to stay undercover. He's willing to wait to the last second for a guy who was willing to kill him an episode ago to save his life. And and it's like, it's come to that, right? Like he's in, he's investing completely in the fact that um, uh, that he is just Ratko Hardeen. And, and he's trying to sell it to everyone, including Dooku and Cad Bane and everybody and he's he's almost like putting a lot of eggs in one basket right at that moment where he's like, "Hey, I've tried to kind of make friends with, you know, friends with Cad Bane. Uh, hopefully, the respect pays off, right? Like he's tried to help him through this whole challenge. The last two challenges, he helped Bane out, got him through, uh -huh. um, and now he's kind of relying on almost Cad Bane to kind of save his skin at that at that point. Yeah." Um yeah, I mean, you, you hit the you hit the nail on the head there, but um, you know, just just before you know, I think it was the third, third or fourth, or no, probably the fourth. Um, I mentioned that you know, Dooku senses something different, but you know, you can definitely tell that he has doubts uh, yeah. uh, about you know whether 
Rako Hartin actually killed Obi-Wan Kenobi because it's revealed to him. Uh, they kind of do a background check on uh, Rako Hardin and he's like, so what's, Dooku says to Eval, you know, what, what's, what's, what's this guy all about? And then, cause he doesn't know anything about uh, Rako Hardin really. And then he says, he's the guy who killed, um, Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi, and then he's like Obi Wan Kenobi, and he doubts he yeah. doubts it, right? And then you know he looks at he looks him up, and you can see his eyes squint, and he's very doubtful of it. Um, yeah. But you know his his instincts were were right uh, all along, of course. Um, so yeah, he's a bit suspicious, of course. And yeah. you know, so they 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 get through the tournament, and then there's a couple of them left. Obviously, we have Cad Bane. Racco Hardin, Eval, and some other guys who I forgot the name of. But Dooku briefs them on the new mission to kidnap Palpatine. Um, you know, there was there was a, a quick little scene just as, you know, where Eval kind of cheated uh, and got kind of to get his own way to kind of impress Dooku, right, uh, on uh, uh, in front of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. But Obi-Wan Kenobi had the chance to finish him off because he was beating him, right? And he was just, you know, yeah. laying the smackdown on him. And Again, he just, like, he can't do can't it. Like, it's just one of, it's just can't bring himself to do yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, he, <laughs> Dooku even calls him out on it. He says, such a disappointment. But, you know, he kind of lets it slide, whatever. And it, because he, he says this funny quote, he's like, I'm just here to do my job and get paid. You know, so he, he mm-hmm. plays... He plays the character. He always, well. he always shrugs it off. Yeah, he yeah. shrugs it off. Like he plays the character well, and he does a good, convincing job of it. But he's, you know, he's he kind of leads. He's kind of deceptive about it because he's not killing people when you know a, a normal bounty hunter would if they had the opportunity, right? Um, but even though he's kind of deceiving Dooku and all these other people, he he really plays it off really well. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean that—that's all I got for for that one. If unless you got something. Yeah. So the next one is Crisis on Naboo, and uh, let's try and like express this one because uh, they're actually let's let's just hit the important things about this one because um, we're running short on time. But yeah, um, yeah. So Crisis on Naboo, last episode in the arc, and uh, a lot of the little things I'm just gonna that I wrote down, I'm just gonna pass over, but. Uh, you know, Anakin's cockiness. We got the holographic disguise matrix was pretty awesome. Yeah, the shadow holograms. Um, yeah, the shadow holograms. But yeah, I guess kind of the main the main thing here um, is that when the whole thing is kind of like done and done, like the the big kind of like because we see the heist get pulled off, right? Yeah. But uh, but the big kind of like hitch is kind of halfway through the episode where we kind of start to realize like, oh, this isn't done. Like, this is actually, like, there's one piece missing, right? Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, so between, like, Anakin, I already brought, up, brought it up before earlier that, you know, he's really, like, angry with Obi-Wan and the Council for the lies that he's been told. And, um, and again, this is just one more piece of the puzzle for him. And we'll try and keep the focus on Anakin here. But um, because, like, he's kind of key to this episode right here. Uh-huh. Um I guess what would you what would you say like you noticed about this uh, with Anakin's development of this episode? Yeah, so like again, like very, very driven by his anger. Like he's not seeing clearly. Like he has tunnel vision at this point because he's just seeing red, and he just he goes crazy. Like you know, he's he's killing people. Like not even you know, 
not even trying to disarm them or anything. He just goes for the jugular every time, right? Yeah. And he, um, you know, at the end of the episode, after the heist is kind of, they 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 pull it off, but they fail at the same time. And you know, uh, you know, Palpatine plays ball, and he plays he plays dumb, right? But the whole time, he's yeah. like, oh, I I don't know. He's probably aware of it. Yeah, yeah he's aware. He's of aware it. of yeah. it, but he you know he plays ball because he's on both sides of the matter, right? And um, you know, Anakin is told by Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, that he lied to Anakin and, you know, he, he doubts, uh, about Obi-Wan's kind of, you know, his, he questions his character. He questions, uh, the integrity of, uh, of Obi-Wan and, you know, he even calls him out on it. He calls out Obi-Wan, he calls out the council, the council. And he, you know, he, he's basically saying, you know, who's trustworthy? Like, how do I, you know, like, how many how many other lies have you guys been telling me you know like how yeah how, how, yeah, can, I, exactly. how can i trust you and how do you speak anakin saying to obi-wan like how do you know you're being told the truth right so he's just so confused he just, yeah no yeah exactly right? exactly like how can i trust you if you can't tr- if you don't trust me and feed me lies right like like that's just like a double whammy back in his face and he's only trying to be helpful to them yeah so um but you know and 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 again a very common theme um you know palpatine is always telling anakin these bogus lies and he's grooming him you know he's 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 massaging his ego and saying no you're you're more powerful than yoda or whatever things like that and he says he says all these things right but they he's also gotten to the point where he's like anakin and him are like friends right like like the guy is his friend and his mentor right and and actually i want to play this clip from revenge of the sith where Obi-Wan, we're skipping forward to Revenge of the Sith here, but but this is just a flash forward of what Obi-Wan and the council have, have asked him to do um, at this point in the Clone War. And this is coming from, you know, like this is Anakin, who's, who's like a good friend and, and you know, and the guy is his mentor. Like he loves Palpatine, right? Like they're, they're very close. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so this is just a little clip about kind of like what is to come at that point later on. Mm-hmm. What kind of nonsense is this? Put me on the council and not make me a master? It's never been done in the history of the Jedi. It's insulting. Now calm down, Anakin. You have been given a great honor. To be on the council at your age, it's never happened before. The fact of the matter is you are too close to the Chancellor. The council doesn't like it when he interferes in Jedi affairs. I swear to you, I didn't ask to be put on the council. But it's what you wanted. Your friendship with Chancellor Palpatine seems to have paid off. There's nothing to do with this. The only reason the Council has approved your appointment is because the Chancellor trusts you. And? Anakin, I am on your side. I didn't want to put you in this situation. What situation? The Council wants you to report on all the Chancellor's dealings. They want to know what he's up to. They want me to spy on the Chancellor. That's treason. We are at war, Anakin. Why didn't the Council give me this assignment when we were in session? This assignment is not to be on record. The Chancellor is not a bad man, Obi-Wan. He befriended me. He's watched out for me ever since I arrived here. That is why you must help us. Anakin, 
Our allegiance is to the Senate, not to its leader, who has managed to stay in office long after his term has expired. The Senate demanded that he stay longer. Yes, but use your feelings, Anakin. Something is out of place. You're asking me to do something against the Jedi Code. Against the Republic, against a mentor and a friend. That's what's out of place here. Why are you asking this of me? The Council is asking you. Yeah, against a mentor and a friend. And um, and it's an, a very similar situation to the, the whole arc that we just saw. Is uh, Obi-Wan undercover as a spy uh, in a way that Anakin is supposed to also be undercover as a spy. But... Uh, the catch is that he's doing it uh, to a person that he does trust and who has put his trust in Anakin. Uh, you know, he'd rather be spying on the Jedi Council. Yeah. <laughs> like if it were and up that, to That's him. funny. It's, it's good you bring that up because, uh, you know, at that point in the movie, that's, that's getting, well, that's pretty much not the turning point, but that's when things really start to kind of, you know, unfold, right? And, um, you know, it's funny that... Uh, Obi-Wan is saying something kind of like, well, man, like, like that's out of place, right? That's treason, right? But it's funny mm-hmm. how Anakin is always the guy to freestyle and always kind of to go against the grain, if you will. But this one particular time, isn't it curious mm-hmm. how, you know, Anakin is kind of, he has no idea about Palpatine, right? And Palpatine is behind everything. And at this yeah. point, the council is like, they're too late, of course, but they, they're finally starting to think, okay, hold on. Everything in the war, everything that's happened, you know, the Pal- M- Chancellor Palpatine always has something to do with it, even if he seems he's not related to it. He has no, he doesn't have his fingers in the pot, but he's always behind something. He's always doing something, and something that he does or says is always related to a current event or something. And then Anakin doesn't see it, but the Jedi Council finally does, right? And they finally put, they're starting to put two and two together. And then... Yeah. Anakin of all people says, "No, that's against the grain. That's that's against the Jedi code. You know, that's treason." Um, and you know, Obi Wan is tries to tell him, "Like, look, I'm not telling you to do this. This is kind of on behalf of the Council. I'm just kind of the messenger here." Um, and he even says, "I'm on your side." But again, at this point in the movie, Anakin seriously doubts everything. He he doesn't trust anyone except yeah. Oh well, and th- this all goes back to what we're seeing is like the council is leading, leaving him constantly on the outside, and and like they're they're constantly like, you know, feeding him like what he kind of refers to as as lies and and uh, kind of not non complete truths, right? Yeah. And it's like, man, like the guy is is like really torn. Like he's like super torn up because not only does he have to like spy on a mentor and a friend who he has protected faithfully all these years and uh and he's got to do that but but he's also um you know he, he's he, he's put in a position that he doesn't want to be and uh and he's being asked to do it by you know the wrong group of people like the, like these you know the the jedi council like almost in a way has not earned the right for them to ask this of him, right? Like it's asking way too much of anyone in the first place because it's treason. But, but I mean, to ask him to do it because they're friends and because like, you know, they think that he's the best guy for the job because he's so close to the chancellor and all this and that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like this is all kind of like coming together 
especially after like when we watch this arc that's like okay i can kind of see like the parallels happening. and he even calls him out on it right he says they want you to spy on me right and then he just kind of looks yeah. he looks away and continues the conversation yeah but um but yeah back to the this episode um you know I, I, again uh anakin and palpatine they're having a conversation they're walking through the corridors and they actually go through a door which leads them into the hands of dooku and a couple yeah palpatine just like walks anakin into the trap yeah and and palpatine you know he plays dumb he's like oh i, I didn't know it's a trap he even says it right it's a trap and then anakin just right over his head he also he also disses the jedi while he's doing it he's like i'm assuming this entire brilliant plan uh to take take down the bounty hunters was all your idea anakin right yeah. and then he's like he's kind of, anakin's like kind of you know put in that position of having to give his honest answer and and anakin's like uh no actually i was in the dark just like you yeah and he's really ticked off about this, right? And then the next thing we know is like, uh, yeah, no, story's not over. Like Palpatine just walks Anakin into a trap. Dooku sitting at the dining room table, very similar to Vader and Bespin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that Han fires two two shots at him, and he blocks them both, steals his blaster. Um, yeah, Palpatine. we see like this relationship, this very kind of like contrasted relationship between Dooku and Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Anakin's kind of cockiness at Dooku all the time. You know, like you should have quit while you were still alive, Dooku. Yeah. And and like in Revenge of the Sith, like my powers have doubled since the last time we met. Count yeah. and uh, all these things. And it's like, man, like they've fought. Uh, they fought a few times over the course of the show, mm -hmm. and uh, we haven't seen the end of that. But it's definitely like this really cool kind of constant like battle between them right and and as we've gone farther and farther down the show you could totally tell dooku is starting to struggle oh yeah like they have a battle you know <laughs> i've been looking forward to this but uh, i've been looking forward to yeah, this. Uh, yeah. You know, like, and and he's they they have a they have a little uh battle between dooku and uh, anakin but you know it's funny Anakin, he's getting stronger. You know, he's still, he's still, he's, you know, Dooku still gets the upper hand, but, you know, he's definitely getting stronger and stronger. And, and we actually see it. There's a, there's a scene where, uh, in the battle where Dooku kind of force pulls in a chair to kind of like block Anakin's view or whatever. And Anakin stabs through the chair and is actually very close to stabbing, um, you know, Dooku, but Dooku is kind of put using the force to kind of push him. Against mm -hmm. him, and then Anakin's kind of going into it, and you can see Dooku's like he's he's holding his own weight, he's doing his thing, but he's he's struggling. Like, he's struggling, like, yeah. He's he's got to take a breath of air after yeah. that. And also, like, did you notice that Anakin was like really dipping into his anger through this entire fight? Oh yeah, like he was he was doing, you know, he's similar to how when when Luke kind of dips into his anger against Vader, right, in in Return of mm -hmm. the Jedi, and he's kind of like whipping him one two three flicks his arm around cuts his other arm off and then you know it's kind of like he has he has nothing. yeah so he doesn't he does the same thing against duke right so that was a very cool thing i saw um but uh you know he we saw something very similar to anakin in episode three when he's battling obi-wan as well when when they're getting that lightsaber lock and then he starts choking obi-wan yeah. right on the on the table and it's like that was almost exactly what he did to dooku on the stairs there until he gets lightninged away mm -hmm. but 
but yeah, like, like you, did you see like the way that Palpatine has been smiling at him through this entire thing? Like he's enjoying this. Oh, yeah. Like he's really, he's enjoying seeing his, well, his, his current apprentice being challenged by his uh, apprentice. hopeful apprentice, yeah. his hopeful future apprentice. Yeah. But uh, he's also realizing that like, you know, like that time is getting close and his grooming is working. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so they, <clears throat> Dooku, as always, he gets away, right? Um, but, uh, you know, Obi-Wan saves the Chancellor. And and there was a, there was an interesting quote uh, where he, uh, Chancellor Palpatine says to Anakin, you know, here's to your long and prosperous life. And then, just before the end credit scene kind of goes, uh, kind of plays, uh, Palpatine says this witty little quote. He's like, one wonders what the galaxy would be like without the Jedi. And then it's like to those last two quotes are major foreshadowing of what's to come, right? Uh, oh, you yeah. know, because, you know, after episode three, there's <laughs> so little Jedi left, right? You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it was awesome. And uh, what a great arc! Like, yeah, yeah I just uh, it's 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 so well done, and and I love just how many connections it's got to the films and uh, like the story that it told, and and like the the character kind of depths that we kind of reached uh, for for everybody. You know, both Obi Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka with the one shot episode that we got. Um, like this is you know, they're, they're three of the main characters in the Clone Wars show. And over the last five episodes that we just watched, we got a lot of all of them. So, yeah. uh, very cool to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like that's, you know, Anakin is kind of the, like, it's, it's called the Skywalker saga for a reason. Right. So right. like if, if anyone listening out there is always like, Oh, like this Obi-Wan, like this is an arc about Obi-Wan Kenobi undercover. Why are we, why are we still talking about Anakin? It's like, well, you know, the reason is like, this is the Skywalker saga and like the Clone Wars, even though it focuses on different characters here and there at the end of the day, this is all filling in the gap between episode two and three, which is a big deal. And it's a big progression for Anakin's character. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because, you know, if you just, if you just kind of watch, uh, watch the six films and you, you just see two to three, I mean, it's a huge gap, right? You know, like mm -hmm. just from character development point of view, costumes ships skills everything events like there's so many events that happen in those three years right Th you know that uh it's yeah and, and it's also just like how anakin turns the dark side it's like it's not now we know like like it's not all just about padme's death yeah. right like like there's other things that have been setting him off before right mm -hmm. and and Anakin and like Padme's death, I mean, it's a big one, yeah. but it was just, it was just the last thing that he needed to just get to that stage of like having to do absolutely anything to save her life. Right. Cause like she, at this point is the only thing that matters to him uh -huh. and, uh, or like one of the very few things that matters to him. Right. So like, uh, he's not willing to lose that, especially after the loss of his mother. Like, you know, the, the death of his mother has really affected that character. And, um, there's other things that happen over the course of the future of the Clone Wars that, you know, future seasons that we haven't yet gone through, but there's, there's more stuff as it pops up that you'll, that we'll, we'll talk about it, but, but yeah, definitely more expansive on that side of the character and how his transition kind of like 
makes it to that point in episode three where all he needs is that little talk from Palpatine about getting this power that he doesn't have as a Jedi. Yep, exactly. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's a power that's considered by some to be unnatural. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly uh, i'm excited right. the show is getting really great guys i mean if you're tagging along and watching it with us i mean it, it's just getting better and better every episode is just oh, it's every episode is just progressively so good you know answers a lot of questions and stuff um so yeah uh i, I can't wait to i want to see some darth maul i'm tired of all this bounty hunter crap uh like i i want to see some darth maul Oh yeah. It's so awesome. Actually, actually, yeah. So that's the next thing that I'll mention now that we're at the end of this, this arc here, the, the next, uh, two episodes are, uh, more or less one shots. Actually, no, they're not. No, we got two more. Sorry. No, it's not a one shot. We got two more duologies to get through the next duology. The next two episodes are, uh, we go back and focus on uh, Ventress uh-huh. And kind of her life, her life post uh, failing to kill Dooku kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, still wanting to get her revenge and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the last two episodes focus in on Savage Opress's search for his long lost brother, Darth Maul, which we will see the conclusion of that arc and the, the end of the season four uh, with that finale. Nice. So... We'll we'll nail those out uh, next time on the show. But uh, in the meantime, actually, as this episode drops, I believe it'll be on Monday when this one comes out. Uh, Monday being May the May the fourth, which will be Star Wars Day. Uh-huh. Uh, also, uh, as of this recording right now, the second last episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars will have aired on Disney Plus. And the final episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7 will be available on Disney Plus on May the 4th, which is today, as of this episode recording's release date. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys haven't seen it yet already, go check that out. And uh, we're looking forward to getting to that point in our chronological viewing order. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I- All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. If you can close this of off. Of course. So always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. But uh, you know, again, thanks for tuning in, guys. You know, stay tuned for more brilliant episodes to come. Uh, we love having these conversations with you guys tagging along. So again, you know, any questions, comments, or concerns, you know, please tweet us. Please email us. We'll be happy to answer them accordingly. And you know, stay safe. Keep listening. And uh, wash your hands, please. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. See you later. Talk to you later, buddy. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, be sure to share the podcast with a friend and leave those five star reviews. It always helps. Uh, Monday is a big day. Monday is May the 4th. It's Star Wars Day. If you're not doing anything for Star Wars Day, if you didn't know, normally it's a day that people sit at home and watch Star Wars and uh, make Bantha burgers and blue milk and whatever else you can find online for recipes some some people do crafts you can find a ton of stuff online go check out starwars.com for uh, all that fun stuff and uh, i know that their youtube channel will probably be putting something out i'm sure of it um i believe they have in the past so uh yeah just uh stay tuned for the next episodes you guys and i believe this one's going to drop on may the 4th 
But uh, if you're so happy Star Wars Day, by the time this one up, by the time this episode comes out, it will be Star Wars Day. So happy Star Wars Day, happy May the Fourth, and I uh, hope you guys are having a great Star Wars Day. But uh, yeah, if you didn't know, uh, today, May the Fourth, is the day that the final episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars gets released on Disney Plus. So if you're all up to date with the new ones as well, simultaneously while going through the show like we are. Uh, in order then uh, th- that final episode is out so but you know if you're not there yet then don't jump don't don't jump ahead uh, you'll get there eventually but uh, other than that if you, if you did want to watch all the films then uh, they are available on Disney plus every single film except for solo I believe is on there solo still with Netflix at the moment but uh, but yeah the Skywalker films are there so have fun and uh, other than that you know big big happy Star Wars day to all of you guys. Uh, and may the force be with you.